Welcome back to the 1-2 Kentucky Blue Podcast. I am your host, Coach John Spurlock. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Today, I have three guests. My guests today are all the full-time strength and conditioning coaches at the University of Kentucky. That is Coach Ryan DeVrent, Coach Stephen Wood, and Coach Brendan McDonald. What we wanted to do today is kind of give you all a glimpse into our thought process when it comes to programming for our student athletes in the current situation that we're in and obviously we all know that our student athletes are off campus because of the coronavirus and that situation and I would this is a conversation that we haven't had as a staff yet so you're really getting our our, uh, initial and raw thoughts but we're going to be talking about how we're programming our thought process um, with the workouts that we are sending to our student athletes. And it's been about a month now since um, everybody has been off campus. And I'll, I'll be asking our strength coaches, what have they learned in the time that has passed? What has changed with their programming? And then as we look to the future, what do they expect to, uh, how, how they expect their program to evolve as we get into the summer months? Um, but first thing I want to start off is just getting your all's thoughts on how life is going. You know, we've been off campus. Typically, we're spending, you know, 12 plus hours a day together face to face. And now we spend about, you know, three hours a week, which spans about two meetings per week. Um, and obviously, we're doing it via Zoom. Um, so I would really like to get your all thoughts on how life is going, what's been a struggle, what you have enjoyed. And I think we are all in a unique situation. So obviously coach Savannah and myself, we have wife and two boys. Um, BMAC, you just got a dog, uh, on top of having a family. I know coach Savannah is still managing a farm and then Stephen Wood, is very involved with still training some professional athletes. So athletes that uh, we're looking really forward to competing at a high level at the Olympics. So just want to start with Coach D. How's things going? What What's working for you? What has been a struggle? The, the things that have been working and the, and the challenges um, that I've had, you know, I've really enjoyed the fact of um, being home, enjoying the family time, like during this time. Um, I'm normally traveling with baseball, you know, and softball a couple times. Um, gymnastics would be finishing up, but when when you're on the road, you don't, you realize you're like, man, I wish I could come back home, you know, and and see my family. Well, now we're at a fact that I see my family all day, every day. Um, the things that are working is like pre-scheduling my stuff, putting a routine together on a daily and weekly basis. Um, that you know i sit down with sarah and figure out hey what's the schedule going to look like for this week we communicate at a high level um just because i got to work around the zoom calls that we have from our staff the sports that i'm working with um the sports coaches and phone calls that they have and questions that they have um and work around that schedule and then sarah's got her job as well you know working for the college of ed so and that's another thing she's working with students so she's really really busy and then on the other end of that is we've got two boys that, you know, are trying to do NTI packets. Um, so that's another, you know, two, three hours that we have to put in, you know, for their learning, um, for them to finish up school. 
So to filter that all in, um, it's impacted us in a good way from a family time standpoint, um, but not being there, you know, seeing the student athletes on a day-to-day -day basis is a struggle. Um, you know, for me, you know, programming online or, you know, at my computer on, on a day-to-day -day basis, that, that is a struggle because I can't have those conversations of what's working well, what's not working well. Um, so that's kind of, you know, the breakdown for me that's happened for the last month. I know one thing that was really tough for Jordan and I get into a routine is managing, you know, my workload, her workload. And then, like you said, the boys having their, uh, their studies and their schoolwork that they need to do, which they need help with. Um, you know, I'm trying to teach Finn how, and Finn's four years old, trying to, trying to teach him how to read and going over, um, you know, common words like cat and hat and mat and having him put those concepts together. It's almost like the first time you try to teach a hand clean and you have no background into a teaching progression. It's like, man, I don't even know where to start. So that's been a big struggle for me as well. Well, this, this, you, yeah, yeah. What are you gonna say, D? Well, I was just saying off of that. At this point, you start questioning yourself after a month. You're like, am I teaching my kids well enough? You know. I'm teaching them some bad words. They, they've been <laughs> quite a few four-letter words since they've been home with uh, mom and dad more and more. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's go to you next. How are things going? Things are going well. Um, my situation is probably very different than Coach D's and your Spurlock because um, I live by myself. My entire family lives halfway across the country. Um, so it's been, it's been a struggle, um, kind of just like staying in touch with people, you know, just like you said at the beginning. You know, we spend 12, sometimes 14 hours in the same room together, um, you know, with talking and, 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 talk, and talking about programming and our jobs and all that. And, you know, now we, we talk, you know, a couple hours a week. And so we don't really see each other. So that's really been difficult for me is just like not having that interaction with, with other people. I'm pretty isolated over here. I've just been at my place. I built kind of a home gym platform. So I've still been able to train, which is good, um, keeping me busy. Um, one thing that I'll struggle with is, you know, with you guys, you have to be like ultra organized because you've got your kids and you've got, you know, your wife has a job and you have a job and you've got certain things you got to do and take care of your kids. Um, mine's a little different where it's like I have to try to keep myself busy and like give myself projects to do and set a schedule um, a little differently. And that's been it's been more difficult than I thought I was. It really tests your like internal motivation and what drives you. But on the plus side, I'm getting a lot more sleep. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm able to train really well. Um, and so those are some of the positives that have come out of this. I've definitely kind of slowed everything down a little bit and gotten a chance to get some perspective on things. One thing with the sleep is I've been still monitoring my sleep and I, you know, typically six to seven hours at night when we were in our normal, normal routine of training our athletes on campus was a good night for me. And now I'm getting like eight and a half to nine and a half hours of sleep every night. And it's been great. But one thing I found is I still wake up uh, almost sluggish. Um, like I would if I only got four or five hours of sleep one night. And that's one thing I'm, I'm working on as, a, as an individual is to figure out what is going on with my day-to-day -day activity that I'm, you know, eight and a half to nine hours of sleep at night still isn't enough. And what do I need to change to, 
to change that mood that I'm in each morning I wake up. I noticed that too. How have your sleep scores been like going up? Cause I know you, you track the actual score of it. You've been getting more sleep, but how has it, um, has your sleep score gone up? One thing I would say my perceived score. Um, so, and I really just got a new app that I think I sent to you guys, um, through UK health and wellness. It, it, my perceived scores are very low, but typically if I'm getting seven hours of sleep, the score, the percentage of quality of sleep I would get from the app is typically around like 50 or 60%. Now they're shooting numbers at, at me that are in the upper 70s and lower 80s. Um, so they're saying, yes, I'm the quality of sleep that I'm getting is better, but my perception of it is much lower. And I think especially around week two, when this whole thing started, was I had a lot of anxiety. So I'd be waking up and, you know, things would just start going through my head on, you know, a meeting that I have to get prepped for, or so many things that are going on, you know, like I said at the beginning, like, are my kids getting what they need from an education standpoint during this time? So I was waking up at two in the morning, not being able to fall back asleep for like an hour, hour and a half. Um, since then, that anxiety level has come down quite a bit. Um, but even last night, I woke up, things started spinning in my brain, I couldn't fall back asleep. So I, I do feel like I'm in bed for a lot longer than I, than I usually am. But there are a big chunks of time in the middle of the night that I'm waking up, I start thinking about whatever, um, and I'm not able to fall back asleep. So I know that was a, a long answer to a, to a simple question. But more sleep, but there's a lot of different stressors out there that are um, affecting my quality, my perceived quality. That's cool. Thanks. BMAC, how's life going? You just got a new dog. I did. Um, I'm kind of like wood in a similar situation where I'm over here alone in my apartment. Um, and I am a people person, you know, through and through. I'm used to seeing a, a bunch of people. And I think as you guys know very well, I'm quite a structured person. I'm very routine based. So I've gotten used to having that routine, seeing those people staying very, very busy. And I struggled a lot in the beginning, not having that and not having either interaction or having a schedule. And I'm quite a driven and motivated person and organized. But when my structure fell, like all of that fell and I had a very hard time staying productive and, and getting things done because it was like, well, I have, you know, all day today to do it. Um, so kind of like Wood said, it, it definitely showed me a lot about myself and areas that I can get stronger in and grow and ways that I need to like kind of reconnect with my motivation and find ways to stay disciplined. Um, when that structure that I count so much on has been taken away. So definitely struggled in the beginning. Um, I realized a few more things about myself. I realized I didn't, as many young co strength coaches don't do in the beginning, I didn't do a great job of building my life outside of work. So I was so focused on, you know, getting that GA, getting that full-time job, doing well with that, that I um, failed to really build a life outside of there. And I let work become my life a little bit. So Step one of starting to build that life is getting my puppy. Um, and he, it's been something I wanted to do once I finished my master's this spring for a long time. And now this is finally the nice time that I have enough time to train it and, and bond with it and hang out with him. So working on that, um, started doing weekly FaceTime meetings with my family, which is something we've never done before. We all kind of hate FaceTime and, you know, tend to um, stay away from that. But every single Monday night now we sit down and we talk and catch up and get to see each other. Um, and I think it's just kind of, you know, once you, like you said, you got through the anxiety and you got um, past the initial like struggle of not knowing when this is going to end and what's going to happen. 
there's kind of a nice sense of, you know, all right, I can refocus a little bit and take time to appreciate the sides of life that I don't normally. And I can either get other things done around the house or I can just, you know, take time to appreciate a nice morning, you know, or, or take time to not rush out the door and drink some coffee. So um, a lot of self-discovery going on over here and just trying to, to build that life outside of the routine that I've had for so long. It's really good insight. And like I said, everybody's kind of in a different, in a different boat. Um, one thing I would take away from all four of our perspectives is that developing a new routine is crucial. Um, so whether that's focusing in on your sleep, setting a bedtime and a wake up time, um, when you're going to work with your kids on educational material, when you're going to start maybe rebuilding some relationships outside of work, I think all of that, as long as it's planned, it's scheduled, it's well thought out, uh, that would be the biggest takeaway that I, I took from you guys. So let's dive into programming. So I'm going to start it off and I, I'm just going to throw this out there. Then I want to hear your all's thoughts from a programming standpoint. We're in a situation that all of our athletes are at home. They are not able to go to a weight room or a gym. So they're confined to the space that they have either in their house or um, the space that they have on their property, their, their backyard, front yard. Um, most of them have very little resources and equipment. And uh, for me, those first two weeks, it was a struggle to figure out who's got what. Um, it was an ever-ending changing of uh, information that we were getting from whether it was the university, uh, the state, the federal government on the guidelines that are set for social distancing and everything that goes along with that. Um, so me personally, I am taking my program in two-week blocks. So first two weeks look very similar to the, the second two weeks. Um, and I, at least for the short term, that's how I see myself programming for here on out, at least until we get to um, late May, early June. And I'd be interested to hear, you know, what have you guys learned in the past month about these at-home workouts and how has your program changed? And I'll just open it up to anybody. So going off of that Spurlock, I was the same as you. I struggled the first two weeks um, of where do I go from here? But then you're looking at it and you're, you're reading the news and watching the news and uh, you start looking and you're like, okay, this is going to last a little longer than, you know, two or three weeks. Um, so we might be in here for the long haul. So after that, it was like, okay, just settle down, you know, figure out what you need for your team. So with my teams, um, you know, it's, it's different for me because, you know, the fall for me is off season and then all my teams are in season in the spring. So I treated it from a programming standpoint as, hey, let's still treat this with a lower, you know, load of exercises as if they were in season. Um, and then my plan you know, I plan on changing that when I get to the end of May as if we were starting the summer and then start integrating more speed and agility plyometrics into my programming. But the way my templates are set up, how I do it on a weekly basis is with all three of my teams, I put a four week template together. Um, the sets and reps, some exercises change every two weeks. So I go two week blocks, like you said, Spurlock. Um, but I do set up the template and then put it into daily sheets and then weekly sheets. So they have a daily, um, you know, for a Monday, a daily for Tuesday, so on. And then I send that weekly sheet out to them. 
usually on Thursdays. So then if they have questions, they're able to text or call me on Friday for that, that week to come. Um, so again, it, it's been good, you know, with the programming, you know, three days of, you know, strength, endurance, and power um, with, you know, a metabolic conditioning day as well. So it looks a lot different than what it did the first two weeks. I know that. Would be Mac. What are your thoughts? Yeah, no, I'm very, I'm in a very similar position to both you guys. I mean, we all really are. And, you know, with track and field, I don't do a ton of their conditioning stuff. So I've kind of stayed away from that area. But what we've really kind of focused on is, or what I've kind of thought is that this is an opportunity for us and our athletes to really like dive in and work on some, some things that we don't always get time to, you know, we have a very, very short off season for track and field. They, they do a kind of intro meet in December, um, but then they really start and go in season from January to June. And then if, you know, we have juniors that are looking at, you know, junior Pan Ams or junior USAs um, outside of collegiate meets, you know, they're going to be competing until basically July. So they're in, you know, eight, almost eight months of in season. So I'm looking at this as an opportunity to, you know, master like our movements and um, hammer and home really good mechanics, really good um, habits so that, you know, we can really come back in and dive in once we get back. Um, and it's been, it's been difficult. You know, I'm doing three week cycles. And so basically I'm just over three weeks. I'm just, I'm introducing movements, body weight movements, and then adding volume throughout the three weeks. And then my plan is to kind of shift and go similar movements, but a little bit more explosive for a couple of weeks, just to get a little bit of variance and a little bit of some explode, a little bit more plyometrics and jumping and things like that. And then um, from there kind of revamp, introduce some new movements, some new ways to do exercises. Um, and it's been going well. We, um, you know, we get, I'm trying to get as much feedback from the student athletes as possible. You know, we, the program that I sent out probably looks similar to D's where they get a weekly sheet over the weekend. I hyperlinked all of our, all of the movements that I'm using to YouTube so that my student athletes have real, if they're not sure how to do it, there's no excuse. They can just click on it on their PDF document and, and it'll hyperlink to an excerpt to a, a video of how I would like them to do it. So um, that's how my programs changed over the last couple of weeks. That's a really good idea to have everything linked to um, our YouTube page. So they know the exercises I've been going to different route and I've just been posting Instagram videos all day, every day. So Hello. my student athletes can see my beautiful bald head even though we're all away from each other. I know you've been rocking the backwards hat look pretty well. Oh yeah, yeah. I gotta I gotta put out that uh that cool vibe. The cool vibe. <laughs> what are your thoughts, B Mac? Um, so I have some different teams. I have soccers and swim, and both teams are quite used to like a very high amount of energy expenditure. So like everybody else, my program has changed from week to week as what we're allowed to do has been changing. So at first we couldn't give out runs, you know, it looked like a lot of body weight circuits just trying to keep their heart rate up. Um, now that, you know, we're able to give out runs and we're able to do a little bit more, it's, it's expanded a lot. Um, I'm taking the route of giving them, you know, probably more options than they need because A, I have the time and B, I know a lot of them are rather stir crazy and high energy athletes. So most of my athletes have home gyms or pretty good setups, which is nice for me because I'm still able to train them a fair amount. So every single week I put it on Sundays, 
Um, I put out a full equipment lift if they have equipment in their house that they're not sharing. I have a body weight lift or you know something using small implements in their house for those that can't um, have a home gym. And then I give them cardio circuits to do in their house and now I'm able to give them runs as well. And then I put out a schedule to kind of recommend like what to pair with things. So I also gave them extra circuits because like my swimmers are used to two days every single day. That's a lot of energy to have just sitting in your house all of a sudden. So on their sheet, the schedule I give out, I recommend, you know, do the day one lift on Monday. And then in the afternoon, if you're bored, like here's a low impact circuit you can do to get your heart rate up. Day two, do this run. But then if you, you know, you get bored later, like here's some ab work to do that you're used to doing at the pool. So I'm trying to give them a lot of options and then a lot of things to do to keep them busy. And I've had a ton of them reach out, just you know, being thankful for that, the different options and, and stuff to do that, you know, they just finished an online lecture for two hours and they're a little antsy, they can pop out, you know, a 15 minute or 10 minute little circuit um, and be a little bit less antsy or anxious. One question I got for you and Wood. So thinking of swim and track where you are, and Wood mentioned it, that you guys aren't in charge of really their the conditioning aspect of their sports on a when we're in a normal on-campus uh, situation, as opposed to volleyball and basketball, I'm in charge of their strength and conditioning. Is your is your all's program for those sports three days? Is it four days? Are you giving them five days? What does it look like? So I've given my group like three days of like body weight, I guess what you would consider like strength work. Um, and then, you know, we're, I'm working very closely with the track and field staff. We meet on a weekly basis and just make sure everything is on the same page. But I also sent them quite a few, I think probably like 15 different versions of just total body like fitness circuits. Um, it, that's something that our like jumps group specifically utilizes quite a bit throughout the year in terms of like recovery, um, where you know, we're, we're looking to get a little bit of blood flow and moving full ranges of motion. Um, we kind of took those and I took those that we've de designed already and kind of revamped them to have a little bit of a, like a fitness component to it where it'll get their heart rate up a little bit, still moving through full ranges of motion and using the total body. And, you know, I'm saying, giving those to them and saying, Hey, you know, if you can't get outside and run, like, you know, like the coaches, you know, hopefully want you to, um, here's something that you can do with no equipment, or you could add in a med ball, or if you have a dumbbell around the place, or even with a heavy backpack. So I've added that in along with my three days of uh, body weight strength training. For me, um, I'm actually giving all of my teams the same lifts each week, A, for simplicity's sake, and B, I'm keeping their training as simple as I can, because I'm not there to be able to watch it. So um, they're not getting too fancy with it. And then this allows um, them to talk to me a little bit more about it. In the beginning, I didn't give swim any conditioning. You know, I gave them some circuits to do, but I didn't give them any running or anything. Um, just thinking they normally only lifted with me. And then a lot of them would reach out to me and say, you know, hey, my goal is to run, you know, double digit miles by this time. And I want to do this and I'm running this many times a day. Um, and it, it occurred to me that they're getting out there and doing it anyway, because again, they're very concerned about staying in shape and they're used to doing so much every day that um, while I don't traditionally run their conditioning, they need some structure. Otherwise they're going to have a lot of injuries pop up. So I talked with our local OPT unit about that. And, and I've, you know, sent out some messages to the team just about making sure they're not increasing their running because um, the coaches are really, ha their hands are tied with these teams. Swim's not able to send them out anything because no one can get to pools and, and they don't really do a lot of um, dry land conditioning outside of that. 
So both teams are kind of depending on me to send that. Um, and so I'm just mixing them in with some interval runs, some long distance runs and different things to try to control their volume a little bit better as opposed to them just going and running out, you know, however much they feel like. Awesome. Really good stuff, guys. Um, one thing I wrote down that uh, I think would be interesting for you guys to hear and then also um, the people listening as well. So I think about the sport of volleyball. And so volleyball, when this all happened in early March, they were right about to get into their spring season. And that's a really, really crucial time for Coach Skinner and the team because Craig, they're in their 20 hours. So Craig gets them for the months of March and April. And then they go away for the summer in May, June, and July. And if they're on campus, obviously they're training with me and our groups, um, but they aren't able to see Craig during the summer. And then they go right into their fall season, their preseason camp, which starts, uh, I think it starts uh, August 10th this year. Um, so that's kind of been taken away from the sport of volleyball where Craig does not, won't get to see his team again uh, if things start, if things continue the way they're going until August 10th. So, you know, besides a few individual sessions that they got in in the months of January and February, um, he really hasn't had a chance to work with his team. Um, looking at the positive side of it, and this is something I've thought with women's basketball, is obviously their, their postseason got cut short, which, which is awful. Um, but basketball as a sport is, you know, once your season ends in, let's say, late March, uh, early April, your season's done, you take a week off, and then after that week or two weeks, you're pretty much, until school is over, you get back into the weight room, you're in your eight-hour period, you're on the court with the coaches, maybe doing some individual work, uh, you go home for the month of May, and then you come right back on campus, and you start grinding through the months of June and July, because that's the big part of their, their off-season. Um, so as I'm, as I'm trying to stay positive with all of this, uh, basketball is a sport that doesn't really get a lot of rest time throughout uh, a normal year um, with that sport. Um, so what I'm trying to stay positive with and the point I'm trying to get to is this is going to allow our basketball players to rejuvenate, to regroup, um, let their bodies maybe relax for the first time that they have since they were 10 years old because most of our players have been playing basketball since they were in elementary school and they've never had an off season. So them being limited with the equipment that they have and then being able to focus on their sleep, um, see their family probably more than they have in, uh, in their years being at Kentucky where we're just go, 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 go. That's a positive spin I'm trying to put into our women's basketball players' minds is that, hey, you have this time. Let's be grateful for it. Let's let our bodies recover. Um, let's still put in the work, but, you know, you're doing it at uh, your, your own schedule. You, you don't have to wake up at 6 in the morning and do this workout. You can do it whenever it works best with your schedule. So that's one positive spin I'm trying to think about. What other messages have you – heard from your coaches or told to your student athletes to just keep that positivity going? I think it comes down to, you know, how we, we've treated our student athletes up to this point. Have we um, developed them into not only just a better, you know, athlete, have we developed them into a better person um, just mentally and physically uh, from the mental side? Did we do a good job in, in our, you know, fall season? 
Um, that's, you know, the positive spin that I put on it is the impact that with them calling or texting me, the feedback of just, you know, you hear the joy and you feel like they're in a really good spot and you, you look at it and you're like, okay, did we do, do, did I do a good enough job mentally keeping them right during this time? Um, and I think that's a big topic right now is the mental health piece, you know, during this time for our student athletes. Um, but I think from the positive end of it for me, it's like, I, I feel like I have, and I feel like our, our entire staff has done a really good job of developing the mental approach um, throughout the fall and, and throughout the winter and stuff like that. Uh, and going off of what you had said, Spurlock, about, you know, volleyball going into their spring season, the main sport that's really impacted for me has been baseball. Uh, just because, you know, our draft is coming up in June and there's talk of possibly only having five to 10 rounds where there's usually 40. Um, so that's a major impact. So mentally, like for those guys that were thinking that they were getting drafted, like that's hard. So, you know, those guys try to reach out to me or reach out to the coaches, just have a conversation because mentally they're not right, you know, from that. Um, you know, they usually have the, the chance to go play summer ball. Well, it sounded like summer ball is going to be canceled. And that's an opportunity for those guys to possibly get drafted after the summer is over. Um, so what do those numbers look like when they all come back? So that's probably the one sport that's being impacted the most. Um, gymnastics, I think, you know, for the past month, they're in a good spot now. But I think for those girls, you know, they don't get that year back. So like they were two weeks away from going into regionals. Um, and they don't get that, you know, those seniors don't get the opportunity to come back and compete again. So, you know, it was having talks with them and just making sure that they were okay. But again, you know, going to the point, like, I think it comes down us staying positive for our student athletes during this time. A really good point, D. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's really difficult. And, you know, thinking about the baseball team and everything that those seniors lost and, and, you know, both of my teams were in season. Our track team was just, they were at the indoor national championship getting ready to gear up for outdoor. And um, our women's side had a really good chance to medal indoors and then, you know, really looking to do something special outdoors. We have a spectacular group of men and women. The women are really highly ranked, which, you know, it's it was difficult for them to kind of stop so abruptly. And so I've just been trying to reach out and just kind of bring that positivity that, that, that you guys are both talking about. And then, you know, with our rifle team, you know, I trained the rifle team as well. And, and that's a really heartbreaking story. They, everything got shut down, you know, while they were at their national championship as well. And in fact, we were actually hosting that at home. Um, and we were the number one ranked team in the country. So it was going to be an opportunity. I think it was, would have been the first chance for a Kentucky team to win a national championship in Lexington. Um, which would have been fantastic. And, you know, we were literally 12 hours to the first shot. The, the student athletes were getting ready to go to team dinner the night before and, and everything got canceled. So that group has been very difficult to, um, to, to interact with and, and try to hold that positivity because there was so much on the line with that group. And, and they, they worked so hard this year. And, you know, we have a young team. Every one of our starting five was a – freshman or sophomore, I think there was one junior in that group. Um, so they're a young team. So they've got something to work for, you know, coming back next year. But man, we put so much time and effort into it. And then just to kind of stop it, literally, you know, 12 to 
24 hours before everything would have been set in stone was was really difficult so you know approaching them is a lot different and and just trying to check in with them to make sure that their head's in the right space because it was a very difficult week right after that all happened. Absolutely. And that's one thing to keep in mind is it's okay to be, uh, be upset for a little while and get that frustration out. Like you said, it, you know, they weren't, uh, you know, a Cinderella team that was trying to make a run. They were on their home court, literally Memorial Coliseum, ready to compete for a national championship in Lexington being the number one team in the country. Yeah. And I would, I would say that you don't need to shove positivity down their throat, give them perspective, but it's okay to be upset that that opportunity was um, taken away from you because of the situation. That's kind of the method I took as well, because I mean, not as heartbreaking as, as your home court championship, but I know with swim, we were a week away from heading to NCAAs, um, especially for the women. And then we had trials coming up this summer. So we had many seniors that were planning on having their career extended for at least two more months as they get ready to, to make a chance for the Olympics and to have your career just cut short. Um, for many of them, you know, now they're asked a question, do I want to train another year, you know, for this chance or, or do I call it now? And many of them will likely end up calling it now. And, and there's no closure on your career of that you spent many, many years training for it and dedicating it, giving up many acts of life for. Um, so I think it's definitely tough with that particular group. It's kind of the way I saw it, you know, them some space, put out some resources for them, you know, and level that you're there and the OPT units there. But um, a lot of it, they kind of have to work through a little bit and just take some time as it kind of took us some time the first couple of days to, to cope with all of this. And then, um, you know, now that a little bit of time has passed, they've been able to process, that's when the positivity starts to come a little bit more and then the re-motivation. Um, with my soccer teams, you know, they are in a different, much different situation because they missed the opportunity to train for a spring, which both teams were not happy with where they were in the fall. And so, to get a spring to train together and to improve, which is something that both teams have usually credited, especially men's soccer, like every single fall that they've had success, they look back to the spring and say, you know, this is because of this. And to have that cut short is definitely a detriment, uh, but they didn't lose as much as those teams that were in spring sports, you know, that were um, ready to see their hard work pay off. So for them, the message right now is just, you know, we're going to be hungrier than ever when you go into the fall because you haven't been able to be with your teammates and you haven't been able to play and you're going to want it more than you ever did. Um, and then particularly with women's soccer, you know, I've been working a lot with their culture this spring and, and trying to change that around. And uh, one of the pillars that we've been working on with them is, is a family culture and a team first culture. And so for them is I'll put out workouts, you know, sometimes I'll include messages like text a teammate today, because if you're struggling, they're probably struggling too. So reach out to somebody you don't normally talk to every single day and see how they're doing or, you know, talk to them about their workout or their training and, and just stay in touch. Um, and I think especially for a younger team like them, that's their biggest thing is having them stay connected and um, keeping each other going through this because they're all in the same boat and they know what each other's feeling. All good stuff, guys. Next thing I want to touch on is just how our programs look like in the future. So one thing I have struggled with in terms of um, push-to-pull ratios, I can come up with a thousand different, uh, different variations of push-ups, but if you don't have a pull-up uh, bar or kettlebells and dumbbells and barbells to do some sort of either horizontal pull-up or bent row, 
it's really hard to keep that, that, that ratio where it needs to be. And I've seen some things on Instagram where people are doing horizontal pull-ups on a truck tailgate or a kitchen table. And I've been trying those out and I'm just like, this does not seem safe. Um, so one thing I'm looking forward to is, you know, uh, we're getting our team some equipment, some very simple uh, necessary equipment like bands um, and things like that. So they are able to do some sort of pooling variation in their workouts. So that's one thing I'm looking forward to in the future. What are some of the things that uh, you guys are looking forward to? Uh, for me, it's just, you know, I'm looking forward to this, really the same thing. Uh, I'm trying to get more ideas of more exercises and, and having some differences in my programming. And, you know, there has been, but I think if you go for another two or three months, that conversation is going to get more and more with more people of, Hey, what are you putting in for ideas, you know, for pulling exercises? I think that's the biggest thing. Um, but I think having that equipment, you know, teams have reached out, um, you know, to say, Hey, can we get this form? Yeah, we can get that. You know, some teams don't want to take it out of their budget, you know, but the student athletes are like, no, I'll, I'll spend five or $10 to get some equipment sent here. Um, to my house. So that's been um, a positive for me, you know, looking forward and, and looking down the road, but not knowing the end result of everything. And when everybody's coming back, um, it, it's kind of frustrating, but it is what it is. Everybody's safe right now, staying home and staying in quarantine. But um, I think know. a big frustration is, you know, we used to be able to get with one of our vendors and get whatever we needed in literally 24 to 36 hours and now everybody is out of stock of bands and jump ropes and those things that um everybody's looking to have not only division one collegiate athletes but um weekend warriors are it can't go to the gym either so a lot of that stuff is really hard to find yeah and and again that's like you had said, you, 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 you go from ordering something and then having it the next day or the next, you know, two days after to now the shipping is, oh, uh, well, we're going to have to set that for 14 to 21 days. So that again, there goes almost three weeks at a time. Would be Mac. What are your thoughts? What are you looking forward to um, as we go through the next few weeks or even the next couple months? Um, for me, I'm, you know, same thing as you guys. It's just, I'm going to, I'm going to keep trying to find some more new creative ways to really the biggest thing issue that I'm worried about right now is just keeping my athletes motivated because, you know, when it comes down to like the nuts and bolts of strength and conditioning, I think that we're all kind of in agree agreement that, you know, it's not necessarily like the newest and fanciest thing. It's just taking the fundamentals and hammering them home and doing them correctly and getting reps and reps and reps. Well, when you're doing body weight squats and reverse lunges um, and push-ups, it's it's difficult. So, um, what I'm looking forward to is really kind of I guess challenging like my own creativity. It's in thinking how you know these first few weeks it's it might be a lot easier for my student athletes to go in and do what they might consider boring. You know, when we usually go into the weight room and you know we're we're doing Olympic lifting and we're squatting and we're lunging heavy and we're really challenging ourselves. It's finding a way to challenge ourselves and stay motivated. Um, and as, as well as is doing doing the things that we need to do, not just adding fluff in just to say it is in there and just to give some variance. So I guess I'm looking forward really to the challenge of just finding a way to do that um, and really like challenge my 
philosophy or my way of thinking in a different way because you know for the last six seven years in this field of strength and conditioning it's been how do we how do we do get, getting going going down one line of thought i guess and, it, and it's pushing this kind of situation has been pushing us to really change that mindset and, and think outside the box and, and take what we've learned and, and creativity cre- creatively apply it um to a very different situation and so i guess it's it's kind of like a wake-up not a, maybe a wake-up call but just like hey here's a challenge for you let's see if you can if you can get this done and keep your athletes healthy, strong and motivated and want to do this. So that's what I'm- yeah. I mean, like you said, it's, you know, me specifically and all of us, you know, we are a Olympic Olympic lifting based program. Um, really hard to do with our athletes at home, us not being able to coach them and them not having barbells and bumper plates. So, you know, us rethinking, and having a wake up call. I think that was a good way to say it with our, with our philosophy and our train of thought that we've had for years and years. I think to add to that too, um, definitely feeling the same way as Wood and Dee. Um, but for me, I'm most excited because, you know, as you know, we as a staff have been learning a lot about conditioning and we've dedicated this whole semester to learning more about conditioning and speed and agility. And you know, one good thing about all of this is that at least in our country, we are still able to go out and run and get a little bit of fresh air and and it's encouraged. So I'm looking at this as an opportunity to take all of the principles that we've been learning and working on and developing as a staff with conditioning and applying that to our teams and letting them try it out and um, trying it out myself. I know we're doing some of the runs as a staff. So it's an opportunity that maybe I would get, you know, one or two days a week of, of conditioning these teams and now I have three plus, or even like you said, with swim, I don't normally get to do their conditioning, but it's something that it's my job to help maintain. Um, I get to interact with them in that different level and then get their feedback and, and see how they adapt to these training um, methods that we're using for the first time as well. So trying to find it to, to get better and grow in that area that we've all said that we want to improve on. Good stuff, Mac. And just to hit on her point, and one thing I am very proud of our staff, not just the three other people on this podcast, but everybody on our Olympic sports strength and conditioning staff is we are a group of growth minded individuals where we are always striving to get better. And one thing we did this past semester starting in January is one area we needed to improve on is our uh, knowledge and speed, agility, change of direction and conditioning. And uh, that was headed up by BMAC and Coach D. And every Tuesday, we would sit down as a staff for an hour and just talk through what we do personally with our teams, what we have established as a department, what works, what variations do we do. And um, it, was, it was a really, really good staff development um, curriculum that they put together. And we're continuing it. So um, every still every Tuesday at 9 a.m. we're on a Zoom call. Uh, BMAC's been taking us through lectures, and um, now we're to the point where we are. She's programming some runs for us. We're going to do the runs on our own. Come back the following week and talk about what worked, what didn't work, what we liked, and you know practically how would we implement this with our teams. Um, one thing I want to I want to finish up and close um, close with one question. So. We're, we're busy. Everybody's busy. It isn't a time where we got our feet kicked up and we're sipping cocktails um, at, at 9 a.m. and lounging by the pool or anything like that. We're working. We're working hard. Um, I would like to hear what, 
what is one goal that you have for this time that we're in? So we know we're probably not going to be able to see each other. You're going to have a lot of time on your hand for an extend, extended period of time, at least a few more months. Um, what's one thing that you plan on accomp accomplishing? It might be a new skill you want to learn. It might be um, something personal, something professionally, but I'll start with D and just let me know what's one thing that you plan on doing with your time. Um, the, the biggest thing for me is I, I just talked to Sarah about this, you know, last night I, she asked me the question. She's like, what's one thing that you've taken away from this and what have you thought about? And I said, just think about this time. Like I'm usually traveling, um, with baseball, like every week or, or else I'm at home at the, at KPP. Um, but the one thing that I've thought about is like, am I going to get this much time with my boys and her? ever again. I don't know, you know, so I'm taking my goal out of this is to, you know, take the experience that I'm having with my family um, and grow with them as, as a whole. And I, I want to look at it as, um, you know, this is family time that I might not get down the road, you know, so I say that I work here for 20 more years at UK. We never, we may never go through something like this again. So I don't want to look back three months, four months from now and say, did I really take, uh, you know, a valiant, did I put the valiant effort into the family time that I put in? So overall, my goal is to cherish these times that I'm having with, you know, my wife and my two kids. That's awesome, D. Um, mine that goes a little bit along the same lines, really. I've got some home projects that I'm working on. Um, bought a condo last year and it's a it needs a little bit of work and some updates that I want to do so um, I've started some of those but I've got kind of a list so depending on how long this hiatus lasts I'll work on that but you know a lot of it has really just been like rebuilding like relationships with people um, you know a lot of the people that are very very like important and close to me are my family who you know they all pretty much live in Minnesota or Wisconsin so still being able to interact with them and, and kind of be you know, we've got all this time and it's, Hey, I can be a little bit more active role member of my family. And, you know, we're doing the Skype calls to BMAC, which is really cool. Um, it's something I've found I really enjoyed and, you know, it's not just them either. It's just the people in my life that are important. It's, I don't always do a great job of checking in with these people. Um, my friends and, uh, from college or, for, you know, even from high school. And, you know, we've been able to, I've been able to reconnect with a lot of them. You know, we've all got a lot of time. So I've just been making a lot of calls. And so that's really my biggest thing is just building relationships with or rekindling or rebuilding those relationships with all the people that have, you know, supported me and helped me grow and become the person that I am. For me, I, um, I'm trying to take this time. There are a lot of projects that, I mean, for those that don't know, I took the full-time rollover in August and it was kind of just hit the ground running, you know, and it was a, a bit of a sudden transition. So there are a lot of things that I've wanted to implement with these new teams and learn about that uh, just didn't really have the time with, with training all the teams all day and then um, finishing grad school. So I'm trying to take this time to learn a lot more about GPS, um, especially the catapult that we have and play around with that, getting on some Zoom calls with some pro club teams and, and professionals that know a lot more about this. Um, and then, you know, to add to that, the personal growth, like I said, and developing, getting better at work and taking the time to learn the things that I've wanted to and spent on the to-do list for a long time, but also trying to figure out who I am without strength conditioning. 
Me, it's kind of a combination of all of them. There's so many projects that I've wanted to do uh, over the years, and it comes down to I can't do this because I'm on campus from five in the morning until seven o'clock at night. Um, and a lot of things that, you know, as I'm daydreaming, I'm thinking of like, man, I would love to do this or man, I would love to do that. I wish, wish I just had the time and it's, I got the time now. Um, so those are the things that I'm tackling, whether it's a, um, a project at home that I need to do to improve the value of our house, or if it's something as simple as, um, you know, Will and I, uh, my oldest son, it tur turkey season starts on Saturday here in Kentucky. And we've been out in the woods um, at least four times trying to find turkey tracks, setting up trail cameras, figure out where we're going to put our ground blind. So kind of going to Dee's point, it's, it's making the best of the time with your family because even though this is a terrible situation, finding the positive in it. And one of those positives for me, and I know it is for a lot of you, is hey, let's, let's make this the best situation we can um, with our family, build some relationships, make some memories, and um, just try to, try to stay positive in this uncertain time. Um, but with that being said, I really appreciate you guys coming on. We're a little bit longer than a normal episode, so we're about to hit the 50-minute mark. So hopefully those listening enjoyed this conversation. If you have any ideas for us or anything you would want to hear from our strength coaches or anybody in our performance staff, send those ideas to our staff email address, which is ukstrength at uky.edu. I appreciate you all listening. Thanks and go Cats.